It was a really encouraging general assembly. It was held in Memphis, Tennessee, as most of you know. Um, we, we had a little uh, excitement and uncertainty about where Travis and I would be staying, which hotels. The host hotel, Travis and I, uh, Travis heard that the host hotel had a water main break that flooded out about 300 rooms. So there were uh, commissioners staying all over. Um, uh, Travis and I ended up at a hotel near Beale Street in Memphis. If you're familiar with Memphis, we were in walking distance from Beale Street. Um, don't worry, we didn't spend too much time on Beale Street. We were diligent with our work. Um, but no, it was, it was a good General Assembly. There were more than 2,000 commissioners at General Assembly. So um, I think it was about two to one teaching elders to ruling elders, which is a strong showing uh, for ruling elders. I understand there were, I think, about 700 ruling elders at General Assembly, uh, which is always wonderful to see. Uh, the PCA has historically been a denomination with strong ruling elder leadership in the church. And so when ruling elders come to General Assembly, good things happen at General Assembly. And so that what they do is they keep us teaching elders and pastors in check and grounded. Um, so anyway, yeah, good, good showing. So more than 2,000 commissioners. Uh, there are f whole families that come to General Assembly. Uh, they sit and, and listen to the debates and uh, there's vendors. So all in all, there's probably about 4,500 people uh, at this assembly. So it's, it's a big gathering of people. It's busy. This year, Travis and I served on a committee of commissioners. And what a committee of commissioners is, is the PCA has these permanent agencies like Covenant College and Covenant Seminary and Reform University Fellowship. All these are permanent committees and agencies of the denomination. And so the checks and balances happens from the committee of commissioners uh, where the presbyteries send delegates to serve on these uh, committees that check the work of the permanent agencies. Uh, and so the fun happens at General Assembly when the committee of commissioners and the permanent agency disagrees about something. And so when that disagreement happens, that business especially comes to the floor of General Assembly and gets debated and voted on. And that makes for a really enjoyable General Assembly, good, healthy, uh, lively debate. Let me just hit some of the uh, uh, high points that I thought for me, uh, interesting business that happened at General Assembly. Uh, one of the works uh, that one of the things that happens at General Assembly is a review of presbytery records. There's a whole committee that reviews all the records of every presbytery. There are 88 presbyteries in the PCA. One of those presbyteries uh, in New York was cited for three things. There was a church 
and the Presbytery investigated this church because they had several called worship services without any preaching, several called worship services where communion was administered without a sermon first, and that same church had a worship service, a called worship service, where in place of the sermon, a woman in the congregation gave a Bible study. And if you're in the PCA, this is head waves, right? I mean, this is a major issue. And it was shocking that the Presbytery investigated this issue and did not cite the church. Well, this is the reason why checks and balances are so important. Review of Presbytery records flagged that and cited that Presbytery as being an error for allowing that. So then what that, that presbytery has to do now is they have to come before the Supreme Court of the PCA called the Standing Judicial Commission. They have to come and appear before the SJC and uh, they can actually be admonished. That presbytery can be admonished, a form of church discipline from the SJC for allowing that. And they have to show what actions they have taken to resolve that error that they cited them for. So that's a good thing that happened, right? I think so, right? This is, this is a good thing. Um, something else that happened that came up in General Assembly was an issue about Reform University Fellowship. Reform University Fellowship has, a, they're called affiliation agreements with the Presbyteries. And if you don't know what RUF is, Reform University Fellowship is the campus ministry of the PCA to college campuses. And even within our own Presbytery, we have an RUF ministry at SCAD, and we have an RUF ministry at Georgia Southern that our Presbytery supports. And the way that our Presbytery participates in this is called an affiliation agreement with Reform University Fellowship. And those ministers are ordained in our presbytery. Well, this new agreement from RUF would allow RUF to fire the RUF ministers without the approval of the presbytery. Which is a, a horrible issue, right? So just so you know, you can't just fire me, sorry. If you get unhappy with me, you can't just fire me. Uh, if you change my call as a church, you can do that, but that has to get approved by the presbytery. I'm a member of the court of presbytery, and if there's church discipline that needs to happen against me, that happens with the presbytery. And so this was a major issue addressed by the General Assembly where uh, and Travis actually was serving on this committee where this issue came up within Reform University Fellowship, and that business came to the floor of General Assembly, and the Assembly essentially tapped the brakes on that and said, you can't just do that. This is a substantive policy change that has to come through the entire General Assembly. So that was a good thing that happened at GA. They tapped the brakes on that, and that is an item that uh, they will have to redress and get proper approval for
from the entire General Assembly. Um, we received statistical updates on the PCA. Let me just share a few of the highlights, updates about our denomination as a whole. There are 88 presbyteries in the PCA, uh, in the US and in Canada. There are 1,627 particular churches. A particular church is a church that has elders. They are a standing church that govern themselves with their own ruling body. There are 305 mission churches. These are churches that are getting started, that are being planted by presbyteries. So the PCA has almost 2,000 churches. There are um, 5,247 teaching elders in the PCA. There are 751 candidates for gospel ministry in the PCA. These are men who are under care and who are maybe in seminary, who are studying and preparing for the ministry. There are 193 men in the PCA who have been licensed to preach the gospel in their presbyteries. There are, um, let me see here, 301,611 communicant members in the PCA and 83,461 non-communing members in the PCA, which brings the membership of our denomination to a total just over 390,000 members total in the PCA uh, for 144,000 family units. Uh, total disper disbursements in the PCA hit a historical record in 2022, and the denomination collectively with all of our churches and uh, agencies uh, now has a total disbursements of funds of just over $1 billion as a denomination. And that encompasses Covenant College, Covenant Seminary, uh, the property at Ridge Haven, and all the other uh, areas of our denomination. Let me hit for you some of the, the highlights of the overtures that were passed. Overtures are kind of like bills. If you think about the federal government and bills and legislation get drafted, uh, they come up through senators or congressmen or governors. Um, they get debated in committees in our federal government, and then they come before the legislative branch to be debated and voted on. Well, something similar happens in the PCA with what we call overtures, and those overtures can come from churches um, or presbyteries, and they get debated in the lower courts, and they get submitted to the General Assembly. And these overtures can be on all sorts of things. Uh, how, the, how the denomination spends money, qualifications for ordination, uh, issues regarding church discipline, uh, all sorts of various overtures uh, that can take place uh, that get debated and they come before, most of them come before a committee called the Overtures Committee. And the Overtures Committee takes all these overtures, it's about 130 men, teaching elders and ruling elders, and they debate 
these, as you will, legislation or policy changes in our denomination. Some of them get combined, some of the language gets changed, some of them are recommended to go back to the presbytery, some of them are just voted no, and some of them are found to be in violation of our constitution in the PCA. Uh, and so this year there were, let me see here, I think 24 overtures debated uh, for consideration by the overtures committee. And some of the overtures that got voted no, got voted no, not because people disagree with the content, but sometimes just because they disagree with the way uh, the overture is written, or perhaps they disagree with um, uh, maybe right thing, wrong way to do it. And so sometimes the debate takes place not on substance, but a form. So let me just highlight some of the overtures that passed, not only the overtures committee, but also received approval by the General Assembly and will come back through the presbyteries to be ratified. One of the overtures that got denied was an overture that came up about attorneys in church court cases. This was an item uh, hotly debated where someone had drafted an overture that said, professional attorneys are not permitted to represent church members in the courts of the church. Now, I don't know if you knew that or not, that as a church member, you have access to the church courts, and in a case of church discipline, you can be represented by another member of the respective court where your case is. And so what this overture was seeking to do was to say, if a person is a professional attorney, they are not permitted to represent a member in the PCA. Well, number one, that was found to be in violation of our Constitution. Uh, you can't just ding someone and forbid them from accessing the courts just because of their profession. And number two, it was argued, don't we want the men who God has gifted as attorneys to be involved in the legal processes of our denomination. And so that overture, I'm happy to say, failed. That got denied. Uh, the assembly did not allow that. Some of the other overtures that took place were overtures regarding sexual ethics and church officers. Um, every officer in the PCA goes through training and preparation and also examination, theological examination, biblical examination, in, as well as character examination. And so if you are an elder or a deacon in the PCA, uh, we want to know about your character. We want to know about your practice of piety. And there are men who can be denied uh, eligibility as a church officer because of poor morals, you might say, or because of some character issue that disqualifies them at that time from being a church officer. There were several overtures that came to the assembly giving specific language about sexual ethics. Let me read some of the language that passed. The church officers should conform to the biblical requirement of chastity 
and sexual purity in his descriptions of himself, his convictions, character, and conduct. That's language that passed the assembly. Other language like men who refer to a particular sin struggle as descriptive of their personhood, being or identity are disqualified from holding office in the PCA. So what these overtures are seeking to do is to not demonize those who struggle with sin in the church. No, we, as a denomination, we want to help those who struggle with sin in the church. But we're, what we're saying is that those who are serving as officers in the church are those who have exemplary character in our denomination, whose lives will not bring shame and reproach upon their witness of Christ and upon the church. And those overtures passed with major margins of approval in our denomination, like 1700 to 97, one of those overtures passed, um, or uh, 1700 to 106 in favor, over 1700 in favor with only 100 against. Um, and so those overtures passed with overwhelming majority, uh, which gives us hope that when they go to be ratified in the presbyteries, that there will be overwhelming support when they come back through the presbyteries. Um, one of the other overtures that we passed uh, was uh, by a margin of 1,000 to 793, this was hotly debated, um, was about petitioning the federal government to call on the medical community to end um, their children in the room. How can I put this delicately? Certain surgeries that are being uh, pushed for children that also include hormone therapy. You understand what I'm talking about? And uh, so the General Assembly passed a resolution that will direct our, uh, our moderator this year to appoint a commission uh, to draft language to send to the federal and state government petitioning them to change this practice in our country. This has become such an issue. Uh, part of the research that was referenced that warranted such an action was that in the last, Travis, I'm looking at you, was it last, I think, seven to nine years or something like that? There has been, I think, a 900% increase in what many call medical treatment in our nation. And so as a denomination, what we're doing is asking the federal government to condemn and end such a practice. One of the other overtures I thought was really interesting that passed this year, as some of you know, the, the PCA in 1973 is a denomination that came out of uh, what was called at that time the Southern Presbyterian Church, the PCUS. Travis. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Why, why were so many people against petitioning the government on this medical issue? Uh, the issue was not about substance. I did not hear any debate on anyone disagreeing with the substance. The question was, is 
this the role of the church? Does the church have a rightful place and calling to call the government to do something? Last year, you may recall, the PCA passed a resolution calling on the government to end abortion. Uh, and that was right before the uh, uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade, actually, that happened last year. And so the debate was not about the substance. It was not about do we approve of this practice in the PCA. That was not what the debate was about. The debate was, is this the role of the church to call on the state, to call on the civil magistrate to do something? Do these circumstances warrant it? And the answer that the assembly gave was, Yes, it is. And this is such a severe issue in our country right now and in our culture. We must do something calling on the government to address it. Does that help? Thank you. Uh, the last uh, interesting overture that I'll mention that passed was an overture about um, the church that we came out of. The PCA in 1973 uh, split out from the Southern Presbyterian Church, the old PCUS, which has since reunited with the Northern Church under what's called the PCUSA. And uh, this was our 50th year as a denomination. And so what we did was uh, uh, send a message, and it was actually a message that the first General Assembly passed, a message to all the churches of the world that we are uh, in the PCA a continuing church remaining true to the Great Commission, to the Reformed faith, and obedient to the Scriptures. That we are a denomination uh, that sits under the authority of Scripture and all that we say and all that we do. And in order to continue in that, it was necessary for us to split from a denomination that had begun to deny the authority of God's word. And so what the General Assembly did on this 50th anniversary was send that letter, decide to send that letter to our prodigal mother, was the language in the overture. The prodigal mother, the PCUSA, calling upon that denomination to repent uh, and to turn to the fidelity of God's word. And uh, I thought that was an interesting over that passed. And we want, to see, we want to see the PCUSA reformed, as well as many other denominations that have gone the way of denying the infallibility of God's word. So those are a few of the updates from General Assembly. Thank you so much for sending Travis and I. I pray that we served you all well. Um, at the assembly. It's busy, um, but it's also a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love going to General Assembly and find it a great uh, privilege to represent this church there. Uh, any questions that I might try to answer for you at GA? Michelle? Yeah, great, 
great question. No, it was, that decision was uh, a th- just over 1,000 to 800 who were against petitioning the government on that issue. So 800 commissioners, and I did not have a sense where they were from. No. Travis. Right. Yeah. And then some others, uh, there was debate about the language. They agreed on the substance. They agreed on the form for the most part, but thought that we should come back next year with better language. And so some people voted no because of that as well. Mm-hmm. Doris. Was there anything that the two of us were disappointed about? Travis and I, as well as our church, are on the warmly confessional conservative side of the denomination. And what that means is, as a church, we are ordinary means of grace. Uh, We believe in the systematic expository preaching of God's word and uh, a near strict subscription to the Westminster Confession of Faith. Is that accurate, Travis? Is that? Yeah. Uh, So we would be, in terms of the denomination, what many would consider to be on the the conservative right of the denomination. And when it and when I contrast that as conservative as those on the left, I don't mean liberal politically. I just mean that there are those in the denomination who are Uh, sometimes you'll hear it referred to as a big tent. Kind of like, there's room for everybody in the PCA, uh, no matter their theological beliefs, and uh, we have room for for just about anyone. And so if you believe in paedo-communion or intinction, it's okay, be in the PCA. And if you're uh, not, you know, if you don't have strong convictions about the ordinary, means of grace, there's a place in the PCA for you. That's a small minority in the PCA. And I say all that to say, Ms. Doris, at this general assembly, those on this side where kind of we're at, we want everything. We want everything this year. We, in terms of the overtures that passed, those who were elected to serve Um, As moderator, those who were elected to serve in places like Covenant Seminary and Covenant College, um, pretty much sweeping the board on calling this denomination to remain true under the authority of God's word and true to the Reformed faith. Yeah, so I wasn't disappointed about anything. Yeah, great question. There's, there's been a lot, uh, there's context with all these overtures, and something that has come up in the PCA is a, a false teaching called concubiscence, which concubiscence teaches that our, not all of our sinful inclinations can be changed. 
that some of our sinful affections and desires are immutable in this life. And what the confessional teaching is that we receive the whole Christ and that there's not a place in our lives that cannot be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what those desires are as they pertain to matters of sexual ethics. And so those overtures do have a context, I would think, of this debate that's happened in the last maybe five years or so, seeking to clarify what we expect of elders and deacons in the church. Yeah. Any other questions? Beth? Yes, ma'am. So the question, the question is about those who are elected to serve the permanent agencies of the PCA, like Covenant Seminary and Covenant College and Ridge Haven Fellowship and uh, the PCA Retirement and Benefits. It will have an impact on that. And uh, many of those who were elected, I either have met them or know of them to be good confessional reformed men. And so they were elected to serve the denomination for designated terms. Yes. Yeah. Any other questions? No? There is one other item of business I just want to mention to you about not related to General Assembly, but related to our church. In the next week or two, you all are going to receive a letter from the church. Uh, I'm happy to report to you that all of the civil engineering work on the six acres that this church owns was completed this week. The surveys, the tree studies, the wetland studies, uh, the boundary surveys, the topographer surveys, all the civil engineering work on our property was completed this week, I hope, um, unless something pops up. Uh, the officers of this church, the elders of deacons, have drafted a letter that we are going to send to you, to former members of this church, and those who have visited this church, uh, as many people as we can, asking you all and them to financially support the building project for this church. Um, as you all know, we have uh, a full set of blueprints for a church on the six acres that the church owns. And uh, we own the property. We uh, have a set of blueprints. We have a concept. We have a site design. And all that we need now is the money to build it. And so I would ask you to be praying about that. Pray about uh, what the Lord might inspire you to give, whether a recurring gift or a one-time gift or both. Pray about who you can share that letter with. If you know of anyone, uh, uh, you know, who is original founder of Apple Computers, send them this letter. We want them to have it. Uh, and uh, pray and see how God will meet the needs of this congregation so that we can have a strong uh, reformed presence in this community that preaches the gospel for years to come. Amen.